Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, you play football? Coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. gentlemen of Steeler Nation, wherever you might be listening today, tonight, tomorrow, I'm Jeff Hartman, editor behind SteelCurtain.com, and with me as always for the episode of The Standard is the Standard is Lance Williams. How's it going, Lance? I'm doing well, getting geared up for the holidays, a couple of days till vacation, and I'm scot-free. <laughs> hey, I think everyone's thinking that about this time of year, uh, 
the breaks are coming up, whether you're a student, whether you're a teacher, whether you're uh, just a regular old nine-to-five worker, everyone looks for a couple days off around the holidays. And this year they get to enjoy some Pittsburgh Steelers football uh, on that holiday. But before we get to that big game against Baltimore on Christmas Day, the Steelers have to get through the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, as we always do on the show, we're going to talk plenty about that game coming up. We're going to talk about playoff implications, and we're also going to talk about uh, maybe even the stretch run itself and, and the likelihood of the Steelers and the, the feedings and all that stuff. But what I'd like to talk about first is the Buffalo Bills game. Now, Lance, I didn't talk to you as much as I normally do during the game or after the game. I'd like to know what your knee-jerk reaction was to the game and your overall thoughts on the performance of the Steelers up in Buffalo in the snow. My knee-jerk reaction was, I might put $100 down on this team to win the Super Bowl. That was my knee-jerk reaction. Two weeks ago, I wouldn't have bet a, a quarter on this team to win the Super Bowl. Right now, I put 100 on it. I wouldn't sell the farm. I wouldn't sell the kids' Christmas gift money or bet the kids' Christmas gift money. But I bet a C-note on the Steelers. Give me decent odds. I put a C-note on the Steelers. And the reason I say that is they've settled into an offensive philosophy that we've seen will travel in elements. It looks like it's sustainable, and it looks like it fits the entire team perfectly. It supports the defense. It supports the fact that they don't have a legitimate secondary wide receiver target and option in a passing game. It's just the way they should be playing offensive football, and Le'Veon Bell has clearly established himself as, in my opinion, the best player on that football team. So your offense is catering to its best player, he's producing, and they're rolling. Also, on defense, I talked about a stat last week, the stat 24, about Bud Dupree rushing the quarterback 24 times in last week's game, not the Buffalo Bills game, where he had no sacks, no hits, no quarterback hits, no hurries, and no pressures. And boy, did he change that within the first six snaps of the football game. So because they're starting to get pressure on defense, the rookies are starting to no longer play like rookies and Ryan Shazier is playing like a madman with his hair on fire everywhere, this team is hot. And this is a team that I put a C note on to win a seventh championship. Well, it's tough to disagree because I was just as excited. And honestly, this is a game – you know, a lot of people ask me because they know that I write, I run the website, and they know that I'm a, a pretty, and I'm a diehard Steeler fan. What, you know, what do you think about this week? What do you think? And I said, you know, I was more confident in, in the, the Steelers going against the Giants at home than I am about them going to Buffalo. There was just something about the Bills that I just didn't think was a great matchup. I thought they were going to win. Obviously, I predicted them on the show the week prior to the game, but they came out and it was like guns blazing. But I said this on our Monday show, the Steelers hangover. I said it on Facebook Live after the game. Ben Roethlisberger's play kind of tarnished this 
this victory for me, as well as the Steelers' defense in the third and fourth quarter. Really feel I felt like they took the the foot off the pedal. It felt like it, was, it felt like they forgot to tackle. I, I, th- I saw one play on Twitter. It was the play where uh, Tyrod Taylor was scrambling for, for his life, essentially, and he broke six tackles in one play. Six tackles. That means that more than half. That means that more than half of the defense had a shot to bring him down and failed to do so. And so you take that, you combine it with Roethlisberger, with which I have said this several times. When he threw that third interception, it is as close as I have been to putting my foot through a television in a long time. I normally like to keep a pretty even temper, but, I mean, that was their chance to really just put the, put the final nail in the coffin, put everything behind them. And Jesse James was wearing a billboard saying, hey, I'm open. And he underthrows him. And they uh, and I don't care that Tyrod Taylor threw an interception the very next snap from the 20-yard line. That just totally soured the win for me. And it sucks because the, the, the running game was outstanding. The offensive line was phenomenal. They didn't allow a sack. They allowed one quarterback hit. Ben wasn't touched. And the holes that Wagon Bell was running through sometimes were, were just gaping holes. I mean, it, was, it was ridiculous. I don't know if you saw the statistic or not. I ran across it the other day. Listen to this number, and it'll tell you all you need to know. 176 yards. That's what Le'Veon Bell had before contact in that game. Oh, oh my goodness. That means 176 oh yards before someone even touched him. I mean, that's mind-blowing. That, that, that means that the offensive line, Roosevelt next, I mean, it was that, I've never heard of that before. I mean, 176 yards for most running backs is a career day. And he got that just before people touched him. And then, you know, people talk about contact and all that stuff. And I think Jay Ajayi is leading that category um, in yards after contact. Bell had 176 yards before contact. That absolutely blew my mind. But still, um, you know, the, the, the longer that the game kind of ripens on me, the more I think that this Steelers team, it, it seems like they, they're, they're turning the corner, and at least to me. It seems like they're turning the corner. It seems like they're kind of getting their stuff together. Their approach to the game seems to have really changed. Uh, you've, you've heard or seen several players talk about this in the locker room, that the Dallas Cowboys loss was kind of like a punch in the gut, and it was a gut check. And a lot of the team, I would say majority of the team, has responded in a big way. And it, it shows in their preparation. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11, 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associates or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Um, before we go on to the next game, and I, there's a lot to talk about here, I wanted to get your game balls for from you from the week 13, 14 game against the Bills. Anyone that's not named Le'Veon Bell, I want to know who you give a game ball to. Ryan Shazier. He was fantastic. Now, he missed his tackles late, but he was fantastic in the game. He was everywhere. And he set the physical tone, particularly in the red zone, excuse me, in the running game against the Buffalo Bills. And another number I'd like to point out, I believe it's the number 67. And that's 67 rushing yards by the Buffalo Bills. And this is a team that was averaging 161 yards per game 
was averaging close to five yards a carry. As a team, Shady McCoy was over five yards a carry. Uh, Gillisley was running the ball fantastic this year, and they stopped it. They stoned it. But that 176 yards after before contact, <laughs> I mean that that's that. I mean you hear me laughing, listeners. It's it's absolutely <laughs> laughable. I mean that's almost two touch. That's almost two football fields without getting touched. I mean you yeah. could go. I mean you could go outside, and, and you probably at least trip and <laughs> hit the ground <laughs> or something. <laughs> I mean, 176 yards without being touched. The only thing he was touched by was air and snow. Yeah. I mean, the Flurries the flurries did a better job of tackling Le'Veon Bell than the Bills did. And that's a shame. I mean, that's a shame. But, yes, my game ball would go to Ryan Shazier. Honorable mention would be Bud Dupree, who looks like he's starting to run. It, that chase down, you know, when he got up off the turf and chased him, running back down and smashed him, I was like, wow. I mean, this guy is rolling now. And, um, you know, guys stay healthy. You know, it's it's looking it's looking nice right now. Well, he he's getting back in the game shape. You can definitely tell that. And he played all but one snap in the game on Sunday. And he it just shows he's just a freak athlete. He doesn't have that, you know, pedigree, so to speak, of, of the, the all the different moves and, and things like that. You know, he's not – he doesn't have a great bend, and, and his torque isn't like what James Harrison's was when he was younger, but he's just a, an unbelievable athlete, super fast. I mean, he was running down Tyrod Taylor, and Tyrod Taylor is not slow. Um, but here's my question for you, and, and the guy that continues to pop off the screen, and that's what I look for, especially on defense. I'm looking for a guy that when they get around the ball, they're making plays, and they're blowing things up. And Shazier's done that really since his second year, and he did it again on Sunday. That's why you gave him a game ball, and I wouldn't disagree with that at all. But Sean Davis, this guy's a rookie, and it just seems like something like a, like a light got turned on in his in his head um, probably about two weeks ago. And he, he just seems to me, and you watch the defense much closer than I do. Are you seeing the same thing that I am? I mean, it seems like he's taking control of that back end, and he's putting himself in position and making a lot of plays for this defense. Well, now, I mean, they they really look comfortable. They look comfortable with what they're being asked to do. And now they're playing to their athleticism. And I hate to use the cliche, but it looks like the game has slowed down. It slowed down for them, and now they're just playing football. They're doing what they've been doing since they've been seven years old. They're not second-guessing themselves. They're playing fast, and they're playing football. And also I give a lot of props and kudos to Artie Burns. This is not the same guy that I ripped on the show four games ago who I said was the candy bar. I called him an Almond Joy, a Snickers, a Twix, <laughs> a Mars bar, any bar you'd want to to, to describe, Butterfingers, uh, you know, Hershey Kiss. I like Hershey Kiss in particular. If you're a Hershey Kiss, <laughs> you're the Kiss. He was all of that. He was all of that. Yeah. But now – that, that rook is playing solid football. And because Davis and Burns are playing much better, I think, and you saw some of it in the game, and I was wondering if Butler was trying to just dust off some blitzes, why they seem more aggressive in blitzing. The coordinator has more confidence that they're not going to get broken 
on the back end by big plays. But did you notice, Jeff, late in that Buffalo game, it looked like Butler was just dialing his, in his bag of tricks and just started sending everybody in the secondary other than Artie Burns to rush the quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they were coming from 20 yards away, which I hate that blitz. I hate that delayed safety blitz. I just feel like it's leaving your back and exposed. But he likes it, and, I mean, he was blitzing William Gay, uh, Davis, even Mike Mitchell was sending on a couple times. Um, we even saw a couple of fire dogs. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, the Steelers, that used to be with Larry Foote and James Ferry. That was their bread and butter, the, the fire dog crossing blitz uh, the, right at the middle with the inside linebackers. I haven't saw that a couple of times on Sunday. So, yeah, it's almost like he was digging into the old bag of tricks and seeing what was working and what wasn't working. And i tell you what, you see, everyone wants to talk about the Bengals game, and, and it's a big game. We're going to talk about that here. But the one thing that's still holding true about the Bengals is their offensive line is not very good. And they gave up, what was it, seven sacks against the uh, the, the Jets early in the year. It might have been week week two or week one even that they gave up all those sacks. And um, Pittsburgh wasn't able to really get to Andy Dalton. This is a different Steelers defense now. And it's the same Bengals offensive line. Uh, so I think people need to think about that uh, when they're kind of putting those pieces together for this upcoming game. And I'm sure you're going to diagnose that in detail when we get to our keys to victory. But um, let's talk about the AFC North race. Let's talk about the AFC playoff picture. I, I, that's what a lot of people want to hear. Um, the Steelers at 8-5. and five, The Ravens lose to the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Um, they lose by a touchdown, although they should have lost by a lot more than that. Um, now they're 7-6. and six. The Steelers have a game in, in their back pocket. In other words, if they were to slip up and lose to Cincinnati, that game on Christmas would still decide the, the division. However, I don't think anyone's thinking that, at least not in Pittsburgh. Um, do you like the Steelers to win out at this point, or are you still hesitant? If they beat – I like them to win out. If they beat Cincinnati, they're going to win out. They're going to beat the Ravens on Christmas. They're going to beat the Ravens on Christmas because I think the Patriots provided a nice blueprint on how I think the Steelers are going to attack Baltimore on Christmas. I just like the Steelers on that Christmas game in Hines. I think they're going to play very well. I think they're going to put it on Baltimore. Cincinnati, of the three games left, if A.J. Green plays and he was a limited participant in practice, of course, we're recording the show on Wednesday, that may change. But according to the policy of Marvin Lewis, similar like Tomlin, he has to participate in the full practice. And I believe I read that you know, Marvin Lewis likes them to do it by Thursday. I think Tomlin's Friday. I know Cowher was Friday. If you're not a full participant in practice by Friday, then you don't, you don't play. I think Green will make it a bit more interesting, but it's just, you know, it's a road game. It's a division rival. Um, you know, they would love to sour uh, the Steelers' season and, and be an impediment to what they're trying to do moving forward because it's on the road and we just saw the quarterback throw three picks. That's a cause for concern uh, going up to Cincinnati. Feel more comfortable about that rating game. I think they'll definitely handle Cleveland. So, you know, if I think that if they beat Cincinnati, I think they're going to run the table and finish out at 11 and five. <clears throat> yeah, I, I certainly think, and, and you know, a lot of people are saying, well, if they beat Cincinnati, um, you know, even if they were to lose to Baltimore, Baltimore would still have to beat the Bengals in Week 17. And there's all this, that, and the other. But if they beat Cincinnati, 
and they beat Baltimore, everyone's thinking, well, they can just rest their starters. Technically, yes, they could. However, if you look at the AFC playoff picture, if a couple things go their way, and I would say these are pretty major things, if a couple things go their way, the Pittsburgh Steelers could still get the number two seed. Now, the two teams that are ahead of them, the Patriots pretty much have it locked up as the number one seed. There's no need to talk about those guys. But between the Oakland Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs, they're both 10-3 and three right now. If those two teams go 1-2 and two down the stretch, the Pittsburgh Steelers go 3-0 and oh down the stretch, believe it or not, they would be the number two seed, and they would have home field advantage unless they'd have to play in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots if the Patriots got that far. So um, I, I, there's an article that's going to be coming out tomorrow, in which case I detail the scenario of how the Steelers could possibly get the number two seed. And it's exactly what it was. I mean, it's not that complicated. They have to go one and two. That's the Raiders and the Chiefs. But I want to go by, run, by, run these, these games by you that they have left, and I want to get your guess as to what you think will happen in terms of will they go one and two. And I don't think the, the odds are good, but – there's still hope at this point in time. So that the Kansas City Chiefs, they play the Titans at home, which now all of a sudden, the beginning of the year, you would say that's definitely a win for Kansas City. Tennessee's looking pretty good. They beat the Denver Broncos last week. Marcus Mariota has really taken some strides. Um, then they play the Broncos at home. Division game, that's a tough game right there for them. Even if it's at home, the Denver Broncos are still a really good defense. And then you finish up at the San, at the San Diego Chargers. So they finish up with two AFC West games. Do you see one and two in there, or do you think that's not even a chance? Sorry, Steelers fans. I wouldn't even bet on them. I wouldn't bet on this scenario even if I was taking Jeff's Christmas money. And <laughs> Jeff's Christmas money is significant because I don't know if you guys know, Jeff's got a lot of kids. So he's got a big budget for Christmas. So uh, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Best they're going to do is a well, three seed. Then I, I'm not going to go that far yet because I can see the Chiefs losing to the Titans. They're coming off that big emotional win over the Raiders. Even there, though, they're at home. I'm not impressed with their offense. If, if the Chiefs, if the Titans can can score points on their defense, which they did against Denver, at least enough to win, they can make it interesting. And then the Oakland Raiders play at San Diego. Then they play the Colts, who will be playing for their playoff lives, possibly for the division. And then they finish up with the Broncos. Look, I'm going to write – I wrote this in the article, so it's going to publish tomorrow. And I'll say it here as well. Is there a chance? Yes. Is it likely? No. It, it looks like if this, you know, barring a really strange set of circumstances, say if the Baltimore Ravens lose to the Eagles next week and the Steelers win and all this stuff goes on – it, it seems like if the Steelers win their next two, that Week 17 game is going to be meaningless. Uh, the number three seed is going to be their, their, where they're going to be headed. Uh, but still, that would mean a home playoff game, and that would mean that if they were the three seed, that say if they go into that divisional game and they beat that number two seed or, or whoever, yeah, it would be the number two seed, that they could possibly host a, an AFC championship game depending on if the number one seed were to get knocked off. So it doesn't matter. It is important. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this breaks down. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. 
MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. But it all comes down to this game, the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Now, the last time they played, no Vontez Burfecht. The last time they played, no Le'Veon Bell either. So there's a lot of differences in this game. Um, the first question I have to ask, I think it's the first question on a lot of people's minds, especially if you follow what's going on on Twitter, is do you think the Steelers have to be worried not just about Vontez Burfecht, but about the Cincinnati Bengals and, and potential dirty stuff going on. We all remember how that wild card game ended. Um, what are your thoughts about, do you think that's over and done with, or do you think that that's never going to be over and done with? Well, Vontez Burfecht is one of the dirtiest players I've ever seen. I've watched that play last year several times. He had the sole intent of hurting Le'Veon Bell on that play. And he celebrated after he was hurt. Vontez is absolutely going to try to take a cheap shot. That's just who he is. That's what he is. You know, what's that old cliche? If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, well, then it's a duck. Well, that's Vontez Burfitt. He's dirty. And it's not just against the Steelers. He's done dirty stuff all year, ever since he's been, ever since he's been in the league. And I'm sure, listeners, if you go out on YouTube, you could probably easily do a search on Vontez Burfitt cheap shots. And I'm sure you'll find 10 to 15. He's a dirty guy, and he's going to take a shot, especially given the fact that he could ruin the Steelers' season, and their season is over. He's absolutely going to take a shot. No doubt about it. So let me ask you, you're, you're Mike Tomlin, or you're in that locker room. What do you think the Steelers' approach should be then with this game and, and the, the thought of the fact that you think that he's going he's gonna to do something? And it might be after the whistle, it might be during the whistle. Um, well, what is your approach to the game? I would spread his ass out and make him try to cover tight ends, which he can't do. <laughs> That's what I would yeah. do. Try to get it, try to get him in one-on-one coverage to make him try to run with Ladarius Green or Jesse James because he can't cover. He can't run. He's not good in space. You know, I'd get him out the box and make yeah. him do some things that he's uncomfortable with. Then I would, you know, maybe tell Chris Hubbard, Put a little hot sauce on that. We got you. Put a, little, put a little hot sauce on that, Chris. We got you. It'll be all right. We got you. A little hot sauce. A little yeah. red rooster. 
some Texas Pete, a little bit of Crystal. I don't know what hot sauce you use if you're listening to the show. You know, Melvin, what type of hot sauce y'all use down in Texas? Y'all probably use Texas Pete. <laughs> but whatever it is, I'd sprinkle a little bit of that, and I'd say, Chris, go get it, son. Go get that. I think with I think with this this situation, um, you can't you can't sit back and wait for him to do something because what we've seen in the past is that him doing something could end someone's season slash career even. Um, the Steelers need to be smart. The offensive game plan, like you said, <clears throat> is really as close to detailing how I would attack. Or I'm gonna talk about this when we get to our keys to victory. The Cincinnati Bengals defense. Um, to me, it's just a shame. It really is. And this guy was suspended for the first three games. The NFL has basically said, look, we're done finding you. I mean, we're t- we've taken enough game checks. That stuff doesn't seem to do anything to you. And now, all of a sudden, um, suspensions, he, he, people say, oh, well, he's only had one penalty, and that was a holding penalty. That doesn't mean he hasn't done dirty stuff. He's still done dirty stuff this year, and it just hasn't been caught or suspended or finable. So um, it, 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 it's it's a shame that the Steelers and the fan base even have to think about this heading into a game. There's no other team. The Ravens, the Steelers and the Ravens hate each other, and yet they're not sitting there saying, oh, man, we got to worry about, you know, C.J. Mosley possibly going after someone's knee or hitting them high and late or, you know, all, all the other stuff that he's done. Um, the Ben Roethlisberger injury was probably the only one that wasn't dirty, and he just took him to the ground. And people say, oh, well, he drove him into the ground. Well, I mean, it's a that's a quarterback. You're getting a sack, especially like Rockford. You're going to want to drive him into the ground. But still, um, it's a shame. I think it's a shame. I think the NFL needs to realize exactly what's going on with that. And and um, the next time he does slip up, because he will slip up again, uh, they need to come down swift. But let's get right into the things that everyone wants to hear, and that is the uh, the keys to victory for this game. Um, you want to go first? You want to defer to the second half? I'm going to go first because mine is pretty simple. Usually I give you guys a lot of numbers. It's not a numbers week because it's a close to vacation week. <laughs> so not as many numbers this week. But when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, like Jeff alluded to it, you have to make Andy Dalton be the guy to beat you, in my opinion. I think with Giovanni Bernard out and with A.J. Green maybe coming back and maybe not being what he is when he comes back, you have to really try to neutralize Jeremy Hill. If you can limit Jeremy Hill, and particularly if you can limit Jeremy Hill in nickel and plan, you know, possibly with two high safeties if you're concerned about A.J. Green, then that will be the keys to win this ball game. The other caveat, though, in this game is uh, Tyler Eifert is playing. Eifert is tough. But the way Shazier is playing now, I think they can handle Eifert. Cincinnati continues to struggle somewhat in the red zone, although they've been better in the last two weeks. Um, You know, this is just a game where I think if you can really limit Jeremy Hill and get pressure on Dalton, they'll win the football game. So I think those are the two keys. Pressure, particularly from Bud Dupree. I think Bud Dupree has a favorable matchup in the game. And I think you have to stone Jeremy Hill. And you have to do it with seven. If they could do what they did against Buffalo, against Cincinnati, they'll win the game pretty comfortably. Those are the two big things. Stone the run. Stop Hill. If you want to find your thrill, 
on Blueberry Hill, stop Jeremy Hill. I found well, my thrill. <laughs> you know, I just honestly, like, I watched some of the Bengals, and it's like their offensive line is not that good. Um, I'm not even sure if they have a lot of injuries on their offensive line or not, but I feel like that's something that the Steelers could really exploit. The way that they're getting to the, the quarterback, and it's so strange to say this now, but this Steelers defense is getting after the quarterback. They've done it in the, the entire four-game winning streak. They've been getting after the quarterback. Um, they only had 13 coming in. I think they've had 18 in the last four games uh, in terms of sacks, but it's not just sacks. I think they had they got tied to Tyrod Taylor, I think, what is it, five sacks last game, but they hit him eight more times, and that's pressuring the quarterback they're going to make mistakes. Andy Dalton's going to make mistakes if you do that. But the one thing I noticed about Bud Dupree and James Harrison, who played – James Harrison played 100% of defensive snaps. Uh, Bud Dupree, like I said earlier, played all but one. They were setting the edge, and that was so important against the Bills. If they can do that again against the Bengals, and really you hope that Javon Hargrave can play. He was a full participant today but has not been officially cleared from the concussion protocol uh, for those that aren't aware of what concussion, concussion protocol looks like, he's going to go through a full practice today. They're going to monitor him tonight. They're going to see what he's like tomorrow. If he has no symptoms tomorrow, he should be cleared to go. Uh, but if he has reoccurring symptoms, headaches, uh, sensitivity to light, all that stuff, nausea, then he will be go, he'll have to go take a step back. And in other words, he'll be missing this game. I think it's really important that he plays uh, because if he can kind of stuff the middle, he and Stefan to it, and like you said, Stop the run in their nickel, then I think they have them right where they want them. I don't think that even even LaFell, they're probably their number two wide receiver. Um, that might be Tyler Boyd by now, to be honest with you. But still, LaFell is also limited. And A.J. Green, whether he plays or not, the guy tore his hamstring. Uh, now, I don't know if you've ever tweaked a hamstring, Lance, in your life, but if you do, right when you think that thing is good, right when you think it's good, like you're like, all right, I haven't felt this twinge in my hamstring in a while. Right when you decide I'm going to let loose, pop, happens again. So I don't know if, if, if A.J. Green, maybe they're just saying, look, we're, we're saying screw it, Your season's, our season's done anyways, we're just going to put you out there. I, I doubt they would with a player that dynamic, but um, it'll be interesting to see how that, stand, how that holds up, uh, in my opinion. But I, I like your keys. It's pretty simple. Stop the run, force Dalton to throw, and uh, hopefully get after the quarterback. Um let me give you some of my offensive keys. I think that the offense, this is going to be on the offense. I think this uh, this game is going to be on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. You have to not just move the ball, but score points in the red zone. If I were Todd Haley, I would do a couple things. I'm okay with the hurry-up style offense they came out with in Buffalo. I'm, I'm all for it. But I'm not all for um, three to four wide sets in that, in that no huddle, that quick hurry-up offense. I really would like to see the Steelers, and, and maybe it's just this game, but I think it would work against Baltimore too, is to go back. You remember back in the mid-2000s, back when Hines Ward, um, Santonio Holmes, um, Nate Washington, Keith Miller, obviously, when those guys were on this, the team, they used to run that bunch formation all the time. I mean, it was their staple. Hines Ward would be in tight, great blocking wide receiver, you guys, sometimes they would have an extra tight end in there, whether it be Matt Spath or Jeremy Tooman back in the day, those guys like that. And then Santonio Holmes would be split out wide, and that was a great run-pass option for them. Uh, Santonio Holmes could always go deep if they wanted to throw deep. 
Heinz Ward was that guy that could always find the sticks, you know, was going to work the zone, was going to go over the middle if need be. Um, they can do that with their personnel that they have right now. I've been impressed with Kobe Hamilton's blocking ability. I wouldn't mind seeing him in there or Eli Rogers. Um, you could have multiple tight ends that can both block and catch in Jesse James and Ladarius Green. Um, they're not the best blockers. They're not Heath Miller blockers, but they're still capable blockers. I would love to see them come out in that, and that's gonna, that also ties into kind of what you said about perfect. Putting those tight ends on the field is going to require, and if you move Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield, is going to require perfect to then play in coverage and not be able to just pin his ears back and get after the ball carry or, or the quarterback. The, the offense can go a long way to stopping perfect from doing something dirty. It can also go a long way into setting the tone for those long time sustaining drives that end in touchdowns, hopefully, and not Chris Boswell field goals. They need to stay balanced. They really do. I wrote an article on, I want to say it was Monday, about the, t- the tale of two halves that we saw in Buffalo. They, they threw the ball in the first half. I, I, I could look up the article, but I don't have the time right now. I think they threw 26 times and ran the ball nine in the first half in Buffalo, and then they came out and completely flipped the script and ended up running the ball 25 to 25 or 29 times to five throws in the second half. And it it really, to me, doesn't have to be that that lopsided either way. You go back to the previous three games, whether it was the Cleveland, the, well, the winning streak, the Cleveland game, the Indianapolis game, and the uh, Giants game, and the one thing you saw was a very balanced from a rush to pass standpoint. They need to get back to that, keep the defense on their heels. And if you notice, it was, so, it was such a weird game on Sunday. They were putting everyone in the box. Everyone in the stadium, everyone watching at home, the announcers, the defense, Rex Ryan, they all knew what was coming, and they just couldn't stop it. I'm not sure they can do that against Cincinnati. I'm not sure they can get away with that in Cincinnati, but they should be able to stay balanced and run the ball with Le'Veon Bell. I think that this game, in my opinion, if you're thinking of, okay, if you could think of a game that uh, really would kind of think about, okay, give you a glimpse of what it could be like, think back to the game in Cincinnati in 2014. And that was the game where in the first half, Le'Veon Bell had a good half. They had a couple really big plays to Martavis Bryant. Um, and then it was Le'Veon Bell in the second half that absolutely just, just – he just ground the, the Bengals into a stump. And he ran all over them. I mean, they, they had no answer for him at all. I could see this game being very similar. A couple big plays in the passing attack and Le'Veon Bell doing what he's been doing. And like you said earlier in the show, this offense is Le'Veon Bell's offense now. Uh, people ask me all the time that we do these uh, articles about the other team, and they'll ask, oh, how do you stop the Steelers offense? you got to stop Le'Veon Bell. That's what the Ravens have done, and that's the only way you're going to stop the Steelers offense at this point in time. So um, what, do you, what do you think about the offensive approach? Would you agree with my sentiment, or would you say that, that you would do something different? I mean, the only thing I would add to it is that the Bengals typically play, and we all talked about it, earlier this week, the Bengals typically play the Steelers with two high safeties. So if they do that, you know, this is a Le'Veon Bell game. They'll have to run them out of that to where they create more space in the passing game to get those big plays. Because if you run them out of that too high look, you're going to either see cover one or cover three, unless they drop out of it post-snap or something like that. You know, maybe drop a safety back at convertive quarters or cover four, you know, cover four quarters or cover two, something like that. But if they play that two high safety look, meaning that they have seven in the box, look for Le'Veon Bell to get off. 
So it's going to be interesting to see if they commit a safety closer to the line of scrimmage or they try to handle the Steelers' running game with their front seven. Because they do a good job of being really physical with the Steelers' offensive line and pushing them around. But it's going to be interesting if Ramon Foster plays as opposed to uh, B.J. Finney. And I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with the injury report right as it stands right now. But I think the Steelers are a more physical running group when Finney plays as opposed to Ramon Foster. So that's just a little something to watch as well. But if the Bengals are in that too high safety look, look for the Steelers to run the ball a lot to then open up the passing game and then take some shots with A.B. outside the numbers and Hamilton because I don't think they have a safety that has the range to play outside the numbers from the middle of the field because I think the Steelers can also get after the Bengals linebackers with Green and Jesse James running the scenes. So if the Steelers can run the football, you know, just like on the opposite side, if they can stop the run, they win this football game. And the, tra- and the train keeps on rolling to that big matchup for the total rush matchup on Christmas <laughs> Day against the Bengals. Well, you know, last week we gave you gave the number 24. I gave you another number. I have a number for you right now that's going to be really important in this game too, and it's the number zero. And that number zero is the amount of seconds, the seconds, minutes, whatever you want to call it, that the Steelers have trailed in a football game in their four-game winning streak. They have not trailed once. They've been the first to put on wow. put points on the board, and they've kept it on. That's important. Get a lead, play with the lead, and continue to add on points. Um, that's going to be really, really important. Uh, so, and you know, another zero, since we're sticking with number themes, I feel like it's almost turned into Sesame Street, is Jarvis Jones, <laughs> zero snaps. I bet you were happy, man. You were happy, right? Zero snaps. Uh, didn't see the field. Absolutely. I'd be happier if the quarterback didn't throw any picks either. So if we can get double zero, <laughs> like in roulette, zero and double zero, um, that that go a long way for them winning as well. But the one thing, and I know you guys have seen this out there, I just wanted to say this about Le'Veon Bell. 298 yards, Le'Veon, 275 yards, Buffalo Bills. You just don't see that. And people should take a step back and just appreciate how good this guy is. I mean, he has more yards than the guy who I won't say his name that plays for the Patriots. In three less games. I mean, Le'Veon's the number four rusher in the National Football League. And he missed three games. So for all of you guys out well, there yeah. saying Zeke Elliott is an MVP candidate, just think about that Le'Veon. Look at Le'Veon's numbers in three less games. It's, it's insane. If you look at the projections, if he were to have played three more games and had – a similar production, you know, in those games, they are. They would say that his projections for a 16-game season, he would break the scrimmage yards record in NFL history. That's how. That's how good he's been. And the guy's averaging over 160 yards a game from scrimmage. That's absurd. He's their number two receiver and their starting running back. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. 
And this is why I was the, the this is why I was the number one I was the president and founder of the Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell Kool Aid Club and you made fun of me in two thousand and fourteen because I was always drinking the Le'Veon Bell Kool Aid, but I'm the president of the Kool Aid Club. And I'm I'm starting the club back up because, you know, two thousand fifteen was a down year. He leaves injured, no one really knew what to think. The club's starting back up. Are you on are you in the club or are you out of the club? We need to know right now. Hey, get me a seat. I'm right next. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. <laughs> and I like and I Good. like I like great Kool Aid. By the way, I like great Kool Aid. <laughs> I like the red, and I like lemonade. Give me those three. Those are my okay. granddad's Kool-Aid three Kool-Aid. favorite flavors of Kool Aid. I'm in. I'm in the Kool Aid club. The Kool Aid club's got everything. You name it, we got it. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. So let's get to our predictions. And go ahead. I want to know your score. Uh, give us a little breakdown of how you see the game unfolding. Who do you have? Steelers winning this game 27-17. I think it's a close game that the Steelers break open late in the game. Where I think it's it, it, it's back and forth, you know, I think the Steelers will lead the whole way, but I think it'll be somewhat close. And I think the Steelers get a late score to kind of bust it open. If they play the two high safety look like they typically do against the Steelers, the way the Steelers have been running the ball, and more importantly, the way they've been committed to running the ball, meaning Haley, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Brown. They've all been committed to giving up touches, their touches and their opportunities because they have been forced to say, Le'Veon's the bad man. We need to put the ball in his hands. So because the Steelers are willing to make it a Le'Veon Bell offense, because the players are willing to make it a Le'Veon Bell offense, if they play too high safeties, it's curtains for them. They will run the ball well on the Bengals. And if they get that running game going, it's curtains. They'll put the foot to the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the train to continue to roll. Steelers 27-17. You know, my prediction is pretty close to yours. I have the Steelers winning 30-17. to um, I'm going to go a little bit further, though. I think it's going to be close. The first half could be really close. I mean, the second half. They pull away, and I'm going to get specific here with you. I think that Randy Bullock, who kicks for the Steelers against the Giants, was on the active roster last week in Buffalo, who was released. I'm not sure if you saw this. I'm pretty probably did. 
he was just signed by the Cincinnati Bengals. So he's going to be kicking on the other side of the fence this week. He's going to miss a kick, whether it's a point after or whether it's a, a field goal. He's going to miss a kick, and it's going to be a turning point. And the Steelers are going to turn that into points. Um, I, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before many times. But I think that's going to happen. I think the Steelers are going to pull away in the late in the game. I think there's going to be, like I said, one of the way Eon Bell has where he just literally grinds the defense down into a stump. Um, I, my only hope is that the Pittsburgh Steelers come out of this game healthy, that there's no shenanigans by the Bengals or anything like that. I think the Steelers are going to be primed and ready to go for the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas Day. Now, it's going to be exciting. It really is. Um, there's a lot of question marks in this game, but I just think the Steelers are the better team. I really do think they're just the better team. you think the uh, Philadelphia Eagles have a chance in Baltimore against the Ravens since we're talking about it? No. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. My guy, Ed, is listening to the show. I'm sure, Ed. Sorry. Yeah, I ain't got no chance in Baltimore. <laughs> Yeah, that's Sorry. that's going to be the Ravens' last no. game of the season, probably. So, yeah, I don't think so. I will say, I will say this. Um, speaking of the North, I don't think two teams get in. Uh, so, if everything goes as planned and the Steelers win the division, I don't think the Ravens get in. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just think they're going to lose tiebreakers. It, it's pretty slim. Uh, number state right now, they have a seventy percent chance of not making the postseason as they sit here heading into week 15. But, you know, now's the time, Lance, at the end of the show, we give you a chance to talk about whatever you want to steal a nation. Now's your chance. Get on that soapbox, clear out those pipes, and go ahead. Let me read this. I like a couple of stats associated with Tomlin. Because I went back and forth with a friend of mine, friend of the program, Matt Cabal. Matt doesn't think that Tomlin's an elite coach. Here's the one thing that's great about sports, particularly football. There's a scoreboard, and there's something called wins and losses. When you're one of three coaches, not three coaches, excuse me, let me, let me read this. When Mike Tomlin joins a group of, it was three coaches, George Allen, John Madden, and Vince Lombardi, as the only coaches to coach 10-plus seasons and never have a losing record. On top of that, I believe he might be the youngest guy to ever get 100 victories. The of the franchise have three coaches that have 100 wins, Noel, Cower, and Tomlin, the last three coaches. It doesn't matter if you think he's an elite coach or not. Does he make questionable decisions in-game? Absolutely. Sometimes I hit my head against the TV and kick shit like everybody else does. Sometimes it just doesn't make any sense, some of the stuff that he does. But here's the thing. Wins and losses are the objective measure. When you never have a losing season in 10-plus seasons and you have 100 victories and you win a Super Bowl, you go to another and you win multiple division titles, guess what? You're an elite football coach. Numbers don't lie. It just is what it is. 
Steeler fans are slow to embrace the guy. He just continues to win football games. And that's all you can do because he could be this guy, Jeff Fisher, who has the most losses by a coach since 2012. He could be that guy with 45, excuse me, the second most losses who continues to mysteriously get jobs because guys think he's a genius. It's an objective measure in the National Football League, wins and losses. And you don't win 100 ball games. Everybody else is competent and you aren't. Steeler fans, you have a very good slash elite head coach. 100 wins, world championship, multiple division titles. I'm sure Jacksonville would love to have them. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of teams that would love to have them, and we have them. And now we're rolling. Let's go get number seven and leave the coach alone. Well, you know, you brought it up. I, I want to talk about this for a second because the wins and losses, like you said, they speak for themselves. And I love the haters out there and their theories and their, you know, the narratives that they throw out there. And they're always the same. The first is, you know, oh, well, he, he won with Cowher's players. Did the first Super Bowl have a lot of players drafted by Bill Cowher? Yes. What's he supposed to do, cut everyone that was drafted by Bill Cowher and say, I'm going to start with my team? That's just stupid. No. Okay, and so then they say, well, well, obviously he's been winning since with his own players. I think Ben Roethlisberger, Greg Warren maybe, and James Harrison are the only Cower holdovers uh, that are still on the team, or the rest of the team is his team. And that comes into the next big knock on him is that he doesn't have to draft players. Yeah, I know the 2010 draft sucked, okay? It was really bad. And uh, there were other drafts that weren't that great. But what about the last draft? That's pretty darn good. They've got three starting uh, rookies. And, uh, you know, I ultimately – I can't stand when they say, well, he makes questionable in-game decisions. Can you tell me a coach that doesn't? I mean, honestly, Lance, can you think of a coach right now that's coaching in the National Football League that doesn't make questionable in-game coaching decisions? Because I cannot think of one. And let me stop you, Jeff. Let me just point to – just go back and watch the Super Bowl against Seattle. Look at some of the decisions that Bill, that, that Bill Belichick made in the last minute of that game. Just go back and examine it. I'm not even going to tell you guys. Go back and examine it. One of the worst in-game coaching decisions I've ever seen. And because they won the game, nobody remembers it. Just go back and look at it. And you're right. All coaches make bonehead decisions. I said before. Wins and losses, that's what counts. And that's why nobody remembers that bonehead decision that Bill Belichick made late in that game. Well, well I'll tell you one that everyone that, – that, they, they, they choose not to remember Belichick's mistakes. Everyone thinks that Belichick is God when it comes to football coaches, that he's the next Lombardi and all this stuff. And, A, Lombardi made stupid decisions too, by the way, if you really research what he did as a coach. But still, remember, I want to say it was – Early 2000s, one of those classic Brady versus maybe mid 2000s classic Brady Manning. I think it might have been either a late late season game or even a playoff game. They're they're in their own zone. They're probably on their own 30 yard line, and he goes for it on fourth down. On it's like fourth and three, and they run a little uh, yep. 
swing pass to um, uh, who was the running back at the time, Falk. And uh, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get the first down. They end up losing the game. And everyone's like, what's going on with Bill Belichick? I mean, that's a stupid decision. And that's exactly what people are, are criticizing Tomlin for at times. Tomlin, his criticisms are, well, he goes for the two-point conversion a lot. Okay. They moved the extra point back. I don't, I don't necessarily blame him for that. I mean, you learn from it. I think he has. What other clock management? Oh, my gosh. You know how many coaches have clock management issues on a regular weekly basis? It's not always the easiest thing to do, but some coaches are better than others. I, I, I agree with you is what I'm trying to say. And I, I love to pick on the people that want to bash Tomlin constantly when they don't want to look around the league, like you said, and say, who's better? I mean, let's be honest. If, if Belichick is considered the gold standard, who out there as a coach is better than Mike Tomlin, in your opinion? I mean, the only other guys that are, you know, that win continuously, I mean, you got Mike McCarthy, you got Pete Carroll. No. I mean, those guys, yeah. I mean, I mean, those guys are, you know, those guys win. I mean, so, I mean, it's not a lot. I mean, most of the coaches are bad. I mean, I mean, that's what the thing is. Yeah. I mean, most coaches are bad because all these guys get run. I mean, Marvin Lewis is a good coach, a very good coach. They win consistently. I mean, guys get replaced so much, it's hard to do. And, you know, Chip Kelly's not a genius. <laughs> and I always like to hit back <laughs> about Chip Kelly because he said Chip Kelly was a genius. We see how that's working out. Yeah. He might be able to solve yeah. it. He might be able to split an atom, but his team has one win. And they absolutely tanked against the Jets. They tried to lose that game. You had Carlos Hyde running where it looked like to be 500 yards in a game, and they stopped handing it off to him so they could lose. It was like Jed York called Chip and said, man, do something dumb immediately. So we could maybe get the number one pick in a draft. So, I mean, yeah. look, the Steelers have a very good coach, an elite coach. We're lucky to have them. And they've done a great job in hiring coaches. If the Rooneys can't do anything better than that ever, they've, they're the best at hiring coaches. Because their 46 win, their 46 year streak is awesome. I mean, that's almost 400 wins between the last three coaches. You can't beat that with a bat. So that's my rant. I know it went extra long, but, hey, it's the holidays. <laughs> I had to get it out. Well, you know, you know, the funny thing is I don't know if you saw this, I saw this stat earlier this week, and we'll end the show on this one. And it's, it's great because I love taking digs at this team. Uh, and the last three coaches for the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you said, have almost won 400 games. The last three coaches of the Cleveland Browns have won 14. That's all i got to say. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, all right, well, folks, thank you for your time listening, whether you're listening on podcasts or listening live. We appreciate it. Lance, as always, thank you for your time. I wish you a Merry Christmas, my friend. I know you're not going to be on the show next week. Likewise. We'll catch up again after that. Raven game. And um, let's uh, everyone have a safe holiday. And uh, we'll see you at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, bye. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.